You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. I know I sure did. I enjoyed life and I enjoyed being able to uh, rear into the final, I guess it was the final weekend of the month of June. Like We're pretty much halfway through the year of 2021. Uh, just, wow, that's amazing how fast everything has gone. And uh, it, was, it was a great weekend, uh, just overall. And, of course, it's kind of slow on the Arkansas Razorback sports news and, and, and highlights and everything. But there were a few things going on. And we're going to have uh, Dudley Dawson on to talk more about that and as far as recruiting and other things going on uh, in Razorback sports. But since it's kind of slow, and how I like to do this podcast is I like to have – not just Razorback topics, but I want to discuss things that people in the state of Arkansas are discussing because I feel like that's important where, you know, we can sit here and we can, you know, talk about the depth chart of the upcoming football season, which I'm sure there'll be a point for that. But honestly, I like to talk about just what you talk about and what has been talked about very, very overwhelmingly over the past few days has been the NC State saga in the College World Series, where over the weekend, they were removed from the College World Series due to COVID issues. And Vanderbilt was automatically advanced into the College World Series finals. And that's it. Now, just to kind of give everybody an idea of what's been going on with this, at 1.30 a.m. is when all this went down, when all this was announced. We know that NC State had only 13 eligible players on Friday against Vanderbilt, which they ended up losing that game. But still, it was, uh, you know, it was a, a thing that everyone kind of knew what was going on. And when it happened, I remember I was like, wow, that, it must just be for precautions. Like, I know that they had a couple people test positive. But since the majority of the players are vaccinated on the team, it should be okay. You know, I mean, it's not uh, going to you know, hurt their season as much as they got to get through today, and then they'll have another chance, and hopefully they'll have a lot of those players back the next day. Well, that didn't happen. And Kendall Rogers of D1Baseball.com had a great uh, step-by-step situation of how it happened. So I suggest and recommend that each and every one of you read it to kind of get an idea of some of the facts that went into it. And I, I just want to go through just a few of those and let you know uh, all about them. And then we can <laughs> we can talk about uh, the opinions on them that, that came along with it. But either way, uh, on Sunday, June 20th, the NCAA confirmed that testing the day before the Vanderbilt game revealed, revealed no positive test came from NC State at all. NC State was given the all clear to play Vanderbilt on Monday. That was Sunday, okay? Then on Tuesday... A player that uh, that Coach Avin of Nancy State said had a bug on Monday tested positive in an antigen and PCR test on Tuesday, which deemed him not clear to participate and thus was directed to isolate. The roommate of the individual who was in direct contact was then in quarantine. The NCAA found out later that the first individual was symptomatic prior to Monday's game, which Avin alluded to in his press conference. Avin did not know at the time it was COVID-19. However, Avent, assistant coach Chris Hart, and others were also tested and were also COVID-19 negative. So 
Player gets it. Coaches are all tested. They are all negative. Now they went. Someone went into quarantine that were that were in close contact. But there you go. So Friday, NC State was able was scheduled to play Vanderbilt, and it was not disclosed to be a testing day. However, the individual that was in close contact with the COVID nineteen player was tested in hopes that he would test negative and come out of quarantine sooner and be able to play. However, he tested positive for COVID nineteen, and he was deemed out of action. That NC State that gave NC State two confirmed positive tests. That same morning, NC State discovered two more players had shown symptoms consistent with COVID-19 and were proactive and sent them over to the Marriott for further testing. Those results arrived 90 minutes before the Vanderbilt game. Both members of the traveling party were positive for COVID-19. COVID-19 positive total to four. At that point, the NCAA took this matter up the chain to the championship medical team to further evaluate the situation, which is what created the 45-minute delay in the start of the game. It's worth noting that the two players tested positive that morning were unvaccinated players. At this point, the NCAA informed NC State that unvaccinated players would be removed from the game and only vaccinated players could play in the game, which therefore there was why there was only 14. The NCAA gave NC State the option here to forfeit and try to play Saturday or play on with a limited roster. Avent opted to play. Uh, they also proposed to the NCAA to play a double header between the two teams on Saturday instead. That request is denied, of course. At the start of the game, unvaccinated players of the PAC team were taken to the Marriott to be tested, and all those unvaccinated players of the team, and all those of unvaccinated members of the team were negative for COVID-19, including several prominent players on the roster. But none of those players were able to return to the ballpark in time for entering the game. So NC State has four positive COVID-19 tests. The team reached outbreak status which caused the NCAAs to get to get all members tested, including vaccinated members who played on Friday's game against Vandy. So basically, you had four players, and that was it. That was it. The other ones tested negative. But when that team it reached outbreak status because of four tests, they tested all members, even the vaccinated ones. NC State sources estimate the full team uh, got testing done around 7.30 p.m. Friday night, and by that 11 p.m. that evening, they still hadn't gotten word on the results. There's a lot of frustration from NC State on the side of things of communication during that time frame, but shortly after that, results began to trickle in for each player. Four players, all vaccinated, tested positive for COVID-19, with all other players being negative. That's eight total members of NC State's traveling party who had tested positive for COVID-19. That's when around 1 a.m., that's when the NCAA informed the Wolfpack they declared no contest for Saturday's game against Vanderbilt, and thus the season was over. It was then that all COVID-negative players decided to make the trek over to TD Ameritrade Park for one last pitcher behind home plate, uh, which was really sad. Eight positive tests and pending contact tracing. It was the NCAA's point of view that it would be impossible for NC State to finish the tournament uh, due to all of these things, while also caring about health and safety participants. Of course, that reasoning was contested by so many different people. All COVID-negative members of the NC State Traveling Party returned home to Raleigh and were greeted. All COVID-positive members of the NC State Party returned home the next day on a via private flight. Those are the facts. Now, I kind of rambled on a little bit, and just to give everybody some clarity, and if you have already uh, talked about this, I apologize, or already knew about this, I apologize, but I wanted to give a context to what this is. Um... I understand that there are rules in place. I understand that we want everybody to get vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. 
And I know many of you are as well. I'm not going to sit here and fight about vaccinations versus non-vaccinations or anything like that. Like that. I'm, what I am going to fight it on is that the NCAA completely dropped the ball on this one. I'm sorry if you disagree, but it's the truth. They dropped the ball on this one. It doesn't make any sense. It seems very inconsistent with what they're trying to do. Where a player tests positive. Okay, contact tracing. Okay, get everyone tested, negative, moving on. But what was weird is that they say we're not going to test because they did daily tests or every other day tests for non-vaccinated players. But with NC State, when they came in contact, they tested all, even ones that were vaccinated. And what set them over the limit was when vaccinated players tested positive. So that's already strange within itself because why would you not, if you're going to test those players that already got vaccinated, why wouldn't you test everyone that's gotten vaccinated then? And on top of that, why would you not go ahead and test Vandy players that played against those four vaccinated players on Friday because they were technically, at times, in close contact? According to the NCAA, at least right now, they didn't get tested. Vandy didn't get tested. And so it really makes me wonder of how many players would have tested positive if you were testing Everybody, not just unvaccinated players, but vaccinated players. Because if four vaccinated players got it, who's to say that Vanderbilt players didn't get it? Who's to say that wasn't more problematic? This, this is all bad. It sucks for NC State. And I would hate to feel like, you know, like just imagine like if that happened to Arkansas. I don't know if I could take it. I don't know if I could handle it. But the point is, is that this is something that the NCAA did not do a very good job of handling on top of the fact that they also had very many inconsistencies with their own policies as far as testing goes, as far as who does what, who got told what. And because of that fact, NC State, their season is over. Vanderbilt automatically advances to the College World Series, and it's just a mess. We're left with more questions than answers. And it certainly seems like the NCAA, instead of trying to find other ways and other means to make this work, they took the easy way out, the one that would be met with less resistance because they would blanket it and cover it and disguise it up with player safety. But yet they're still collecting your, your money for the tickets of people that are in a 100% capacity stadium sitting shoulder to shoulder. Like, think about that. Those NC State players that tested positive, if they wanted to, they could go over and buy a ticket and sit in the stands and nobody think twice. They could have if they wanted to. Because the NCAA, this is a shock to most, they're all about taking your money. So they want you to be there. But when it comes to the players being there, well, how much money are they giving us? Mm, directly, none. Well, then we don't care. We'll take the easy way out and say it's player safety. I know that people disagree with that, but that's just the way I see it. We're going to have Dudley Dawson joining us in just a second. First, got to tell you about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. You can also get the latest news, odds, and info on your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and MMA action. 
Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website and use or use your mobile device today and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, go. let's go ahead and go to the phone lines as we have a very special guest and someone who knows all about Razorback sports when it comes to not only recruiting, but pretty much everything going on. And we'll talk to him about that and a lot more as we go ahead and welcome in Dudley Dawson of Hawksports.com. Dudley, appreciate you joining us. How you doing? No problem. Had a little uh, bit of trouble connecting up there, but glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, listen, we're it's just par for the course, man. We're out here at the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame and hanging out at the Chennault Country Club and just got done playing a little golf this morning. And we were talking about uh, the new commitment for the Arkansas Razorbacks football team, at least. And I'm sure that you'll be able to help us out because I'm sure I butchered his last name. But tell us about the kid from Maumel, four-star defensive lineman, and uh, how big is this for Sam Pittman and his staff for 2022? Well, one thing that you can't do is have great defensive tackles inside the state and let them go somewhere else. Uh, Nico Davalier had um, visited Oklahoma and Nebraska, had offers from Georgia, several other great schools, and so it was real big for him to, for them to get the pickup. He uh, took his official visit here this past uh, weekend, and went down a few hours later, made the decision to announce uh, to come to Arkansas. And Arkansas continues a really good job. They've offered 12 in-state kids. I believe he's the eighth uh, to come on board now. And I suspect that uh, Jalen White of Little Rock Parkview will do the same before too long. And, and they feel real good about what they've got coming in in-state-wise. And, uh, you know, it, it was this is a year where basketball, baseball, and football really need to make pay because there's lots of good recruiting classes in those sports in 22, 22 in Arkansas. And Arkansas has certainly done a good job. He is uh, a man that uh, still has room to grow at 6'5", 275. He's going to be one of these guys that uh, when he gets up here and and continues to hit the weights and stuff is going to look like an Alabama defensive tackle when he walks out on the field. Dudley, how valuable is it when uh, you have these great in-state players, you're able to land one of the players from the team, and then you can go recruit the teammate? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think that Andrew Chambly is his uh, teammate that you mentioned, the offensive line uh, man from Maumel, great uh, young player as well. Him and Marion Harris are kind of viewed as the two best uh, two best offensive linemen in the state. Arkansas got both of them, and we know how Coach Pittman and his staff love the interior line guys, and they've done well in state getting those guys. I thought it would be successful if they got two of three. The fact that they got all three of these guys that, that, that I just mentioned is a big boost to them as they go into their vacations this week. So, Dudley, looking at the 2022 class in general, according to uh, to Rivals and 247, that's 12 total commitments for Arkansas. I know that we can talk about rankings and all those things, but as far as what they're really going to be targeting with the other 13 commitments that they can allow or whoever, what are some of the positions they're really going to be hammering and try to add some uh, much-needed depth to? Well, let's start with there's not going to be 13 positions. They have already creeped into uh, next year's uh, allotment. There will probably be more like 21 to 22, so you're looking at uh, 
nine to ten really more uh, that you can you know are able to to elevate in you know they brought some kids in and and uh, you know it's not an 85 uh, scholarship deal it's uh, you can only have 25 each year in the SEC but what they're going to continue to look for to, to answer your question is uh, I suspect that uh, they will add a, a quarterback I suspect they will add a, a, another running back and I think they'll continue to add on the offensive and defensive lines which I think is uh, you know a focus point for them right now because of what they have here and and because of who won't be here the following year you've got several kids uh, to Missouri transfers defensive linemen transfers that you know will, will will be in the rotation I think this year but then will be here for only one year so I think that's what they're ma- majorly focusing on uh, you've got a couple of linebackers I think that they'll go as well Jalen White being one the, the young man I mentioned from Little Rock Parkview so that's kind of what they're looking at is, is they had a really good June in terms of bringing in official visitors they had two weeks of camps uh, they got a chance to see a lot of kids and a lot came to visit. Some came to camp, some just came to campus because they hadn't been able to visit, you know, any place, uh, due to COVID and, and the protocols and all that. So it's been a really good month for them. I know that they're like me. I'm going on vacation Thursday. Uh, I know that a lot of the coaches going over there. They're going to get some rest in July and then get back here in campus in a couple of weeks and then get after it in terms of having everybody here now, all the players that uh, re- you know we're scheduled to report are here now uh they'll all be going through the second semester summer school and most of them went through the first semester and uh you know it's going to be a big uh summer for them in terms of getting ready for preseason camp continuing to get in condition and be be ready to do that and and i must tell you one of the things about going over to the football camps these past couple of uh, weeks has been able to see the players working out in the morning in terms of drills and, and different things, uh, you know, for strength and conditioning. And they look like a football team much more than they did, let's say, two two uh, years ago at this time. We'll see how that translates into wins. They've got a tough schedule. Uh, even some of their non-conference games are, are, are you know, you're going to have to play well to win. Uh, but I, I feel good about the future. Now, that doesn't translate. I don't know that that translates into a lot of wins this year, but it, 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 I feel good about their future and where they're headed, especially with the amount of recruiting that we've been talking about that they got done in Arkansas uh, here in the, in the last month or so. How does that approach change year to year in trying to manage adding 25? And then, as you mentioned, you got a max of 85, but some years it would seem as you're able to add that 25 and other years – you may have to uh, take off a few numbers, or if that's the approach that you wanted to take, how has that changed from year to year? I would say that the last two staffs did not do a very good job in retention in terms of keeping kids around, or they didn't do a good job in evaluation, and that made the numbers at different positions uh, lacking. And what this current staff has tried to do, and I'm not saying they're doing great at recruiting or they're better than anybody else uh, what they're doing but what they're doing is is doing a real good job of evaluation development once they get here it looks like and retention uh, and, and that's difficult in this year because the door's wide open this year where everybody can transfer and go someplace else you know like mike woods did to oklahoma and be be eligible right away so that is is a tough deal uh, you know, it'll, and now that you can transfer in conference, that's going to be even harder to deal with. But I do think they have got the right kind of kids in the program now 
again, need more talent, but they've got the right kind of kids who are in it for the right reason, who are team players and who maybe are not, uh, you know, you got to be an individual. you got to, you know, think good about yourself, but you you, you got to have a team focus too. And I believe that over the flat, you know, past two uh, staffs that that hadn't been as, uh, as strong as it could could have been. We'll continue our discussion with Dudley Dawson here in just a second, but first I got to tell you about Built Bar and how they have nine delicious flavors to choose from. Where not only do they taste amazing, but they're really healthy for you too. We want to have something that tastes good, that's an easy, convenient snack, but it's really hard to make it healthy. But Built Bar is all about health. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. It's hard to beat that as they have so many different flavors to choose from, and they taste great. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15, You'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Natalie, I do want to shift gears because we just got a few minutes with you. This NC State and the College World Series has been a very hot topic of discussion and the fact that they had COVID-related positive test they ended up having to essentially forfeit the rest of the way in the college world series and vandy automatically advances what do you make of this story and is there something to to make of it is there someone to blame did the ncaa handle it properly just what are your thoughts on it well i i've got a i would have to tell you that my opinion has been furthered by reading kendall rogers story at uh, at d1 baseball he's a guy that I consider a friend. I think he's one of the better ones in terms of journalists covering baseball and getting to the bottom of the facts. And it appears to me after reading his story that the guidelines and rules were in place. North Carolina State arrived in Omaha without COVID. They got it while they were there. Uh, From all indications, four uh, players who were vaccinated got it. Uh, It proves that vaccination doesn't work all the time. But I do not in no way think North Carolina State got shafted. It's the rules and guidelines were in place. It's what happened. Uh, you know, every, I've heard people say, well, Arkansas should be elevated to, to get up there and since North Carolina State. Well, that's not the way it works, you know. But I don't blame the NCAA at all. I'm sure they love having Vanderbilt and Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker, uh, you know, on TV for ratings. But I do not think that North Carolina State uh, – got the shaft. I think that North Carolina State allowed itself to get COVID. Uh, you can get vaccinated if you want. You cannot. But that wasn't the whole, uh, you know, confluence of this thing. They deserved uh, that. Which Vanderbilt, you know, people can say they didn't deserve to, to be there, but, you know, they all got vaccinated at private school and, and, and kept the protocols. And who's, who, who knows, you know, Vanderbilt probably would have won the, the Saturday night as well. North Carolina State had a great season. Certainly, uh, you know, came through here and took care of their business. And it's one of those things that just played itself out. But I don't look for a conspiracy behind every corner. And so I think the right two teams under the rules and under the guidelines are playing in the series. Best two of three starting tonight. So going into it, did you have a rooting interest as far as the College World Series altogether, or did you care, and do you care now that it's Mississippi State Vandy? 
I love baseball. Uh, I don't have rooting interest uh, with college teams, even with the, the University of Arkansas. I know it's strange as that sounds since I graduated from there and, and uh, was with the basketball program at one point, but that's just what you do is when you become a journalist. But I love baseball. I'll be watching. Uh, I knew Kumar Rocker when he was a little kid, when his dad coached here. Uh, you know, look, you know, I think he, he's a great kid. He's grown up. To, and, and so I'm going to watch it because it's going to be great baseball, I think. The only thing I really cared about, I'm like every other 58-year-old in this state, just didn't want Texas to be in it. <laughs> so you had one that you were pulling against, for sure. Yeah, I was happy that they lost. How about that? It's <laughs> <laughs> the right way to put it, Dudley. Uh, also, uh, we were talking about some of the NBA playoffs going on. I know you're an NBA guy, and, and you're, you're just a sports guy in general. But uh, these have been some great playoff series, and now we're sitting at where you got the Clippers that are down 3-1 to the Suns in their series. You had last night with you know Bobby Portis doing really good things for the Bucks, where they're up 2-1. Just what do you make of the Western and Eastern Conference Finals right now? I really like Phoenix. Uh, Devin Booker, as, uh, as I've said before, the only person that ever slowed down Devin Booker was John Calipari. He didn't start any games while he was at his one year at Kentucky. Uh, strange deal there. But I think he's a great young player, has the right mindset. As far as the East, uh, you know, the Bucks look like they're going to be able to do that to me, especially with Trey Young uh, hurt. But I got to tell you, I hate that the Celtics are not in it, but I love these playoffs because they do not involve the Los Angeles Lakers. but the clippers are still there they're down 3-1 their backs are against the wall they're still hanging around we saw them get through a couple of tough series to get to this point but now they're down 3-1 so you think the suns are are bound to move on yeah i do and and uh, i you know i think uh, paul gets too much however nickname you want to use with him paul george i think he gets too much heat yes he's had some missed free throws but, man, I sure wish I was in a situation like him with all that money and, and viewed as a great player. Those who are, who are uh, you know, crying foul on him too much. I mean, he's missed the free throws, but they wouldn't have been in the position if he hadn't uh, have been so good the rest of the games. And, yes, he's had tough shooting things. I, I think he's a great player. And, and you know, I think that uh, when you get on other people, it says something about your self-esteem, maybe not about them. Well, and I think it's just been crazy just how, I mean, you're talking about that cra- the missed two free throws and then that crazy alley-oop dunk play, and you're talking about a 2-2 series right now. But when it's 3-1, right. we know we've seen teams come back, but mm-hmm. it, it's just it's amazing how just one small little thing like that can make all the difference when it comes to these playoffs. All I know is Paul George is still in the playoffs, and LeBron James, <laughs> Davis, yeah. Jason Tatum, yeah, well, and Martin, so. Well, I think that uh, we're at least uh, I'm happy for that. I know Joe doesn't uh, doesn't take any solace from that either. But uh, also, real quick though, Dudley, um, you know, we were talking about uh, uh, the playoffs. We were also talking about Patrick Beverly and Bobby Portis still in the playoffs. It seems like they're kind of the obnoxious players in the playoffs. But both of them being from Arkansas, I think that's kind of a cool thing that they're both not taking any uh, crap from everybody. Obviously, Patrick Beverly's been known for that, but Bobby's Bobby's getting a little up in people uh, as well these playoffs too. Yeah, and I tell you what, it's going to help him because it doesn't look like the Bucks are, you know, are going to keep him around. Uh, he hadn't gotten enough playoff uh, run, to, you know, to, to think they're going to do that. He's going to end up with a nice new contract somewhere else. And 
Patrick Beverly has been Patrick Beverly from the first time I met him. And uh, he's been the same dude. He hadn't changed. The hair's changed a little bit. But he's been the same dude. He's played the same type defense when he was in high school and college. And now he's and now he's doing it uh, in the pros, and it pisses people off, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. And it seems like both those guys have lately. But as you mentioned, Pat Bev, he's, he's the same as he's always been. Nothing has changed with him. Always had to work hard and fight for everything he's gotten, and that's why he's where he is today. He's great if he's on your team. You hate him if he's on somebody else. Yep, that's the best way to put it. Dudley Dawson of Hawksports.com. As always, Dudley, we appreciate you hopping on and joining us, man. Enjoy the rest of the week, and enjoy your vacation, man. We'll be catching up with you. Right. See, talk to you all in two weeks, man. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 